It's time for the No Huddle Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast, where we bring quick-hitting facts and stats to put you over the top in your Dynasty League. Now, over to your host, Dynasty Mark. On today's show, we're going to be looking through part two of our positional deep dive into the rookie prospects who will be coming into the 2023 NFL Draft. So today we're going to go over three wide receivers. The first of which we'll start with is Quinton Johnson, wide receiver TCU. He's six foot four, 212 pounds. Bit of a background on him. He was first team um, all Big 12 in 2021. His Ideal scheme is spread and vertical stretch. Um, he's a true X receiver, so he's more of your outside wide receiver. Um, as we saw from his um, from his height, 6'4", he's, he's a taller wide receiver, so he's going to be a good outside threat. Um, the pros to his game is good size-speed combination. He's a threat at all levels, and he's demonstrated an ability to sell outside release then plant and break inside to gain leverage. So this is a really good skill to have um, for, for any wide receiver, particularly someone with his height. Typically, you see your shorter wide receivers that are sort of quick in and out of their breaks. Um, but being that he can sell the outside release, so he's in, in essence, he's going to try and sell, I, I guess, the nine route, so just, just stretch play, um, and then he can cut inside for an in-breaking route, a slant, anything like that. Um, so they're, they're positives to his game, and that's something that's going to be looked at fairly favorably, regardless of really what system he goes into. But when you think about some of the the younger wide receivers who are you know coming out of a college system, um, that's a really good skill set to lean on. Um, there are some cons to his game. Tall wide receiver, he's got a very upright upright posture, which gives defenders a lot of contact area in press. So in college, he hasn't had to deal with a lot of press coverage. Um, and we see this with a lot of wide receivers, that when they make the jump from college to the NFL, obviously your corners, um, so all your, your DBs are a lot more physical. So because he's, he's he plays very upright, it allows them, when they're playing up against him on the line, line of scrimmage, um, might take him a little while to release. It might not be as fluid. It might be a bit of a learning curve for him. So just something to, to keep in mind. Um, inconsistencies in his route tree, occasional struggles to sink his hips in and out of breaks. So what that essentially means is it's just not as fluid. It, it takes him a little longer. So it's not as, I guess, a sharper cut as some of your more traditional route runners. Think of like, yeah, um, Calvin Ridley, Jarvis Landry, um, those really good, talking more sort of slot wide receivers, but um, you know Justin Jefferson is, is probably one of the best. He, he's got such a good route tree, and Stefan Diggs is another one um, where they just they they can cut any route out of anything, um, and they're always a threat. Um, so overall, his stats are. He had 60 receptions. So we're talking 2022 stats, 60 receptions, 1,069 yards at an average of 17.8 and six touchdowns. He's mocked at number 26 overall to the New York Giants, which I think is a fantastic fit considering that is an absolute need of theirs. Um, and, and if Danny Dimes, I guess we would all expect him to stay there after the year he's had. And seeing what Dayball did him, Brian Dayball did him with him in one year, um, it, it'd be fascinating to see them get. And I, I honestly believe they will get a wide receiver, 
But if he lands there, I would call that a plus a um, a plus landing spot for him. Um, where I would personally have him is he st- none of the receivers in this class for me are really in probably the top two picks. Uh, whether or not he's the best receiver in this class, I think um, when we go through the other two, a lot of them depend on landing spot. Um, but I would probably have him in the top five picks, depending on what league you're in. Superflex, obviously, we we discount because quarterbacks are obviously more important there. Um, but yeah, Quinton Johnson in a nutshell. Our next prospect is Jordan Addison, wide receiver from TCU. He measures in at six feet, 175 pounds, uh, meaning he's a slighter frame than Quinton Johnson. An interesting note from his background is that he's a former Belitnikov winner. For those that don't know, the Belitnikov Award is the award given to the most outstanding receiver in college football. He has played for two programs, Pittsburgh and USC. Pittsburgh, he played, his last year in Pittsburgh was the final year uh, that Kenny Pickett was there. Uh, and he was actually a big reason behind um, the production of Kenny in his final year of college. Uh, he's a four-star recruit. Um, probably the, the biggest thing that pops with Addison is how dynamic his play is before he gathers the football. There's a very strong sense of altering pace and attacking coverages with timing, allowing coverages to unfold before accelerating into his break and creating optimal separation. That's a direct note from his scouting notes, um, thanks to the Draft Network, um, which is fascinating. So that's that's a lot of the things we look for in our really good um, zone running backs. He's displaying as a wide receiver. Um, some reasons to buy in or pluses to his game. His separation comes consistently and on all levels. His crafty release package and work at the top of his routes. Proven weapon as a high volume target. Terrific spatial awareness and body control. So points two and four there sort of tie back into um, how his dynamic play before he gets it. So he does a lot of his work before he actually gets the football. Um some reasons for concern, he doesn't have true top-shelf speed to create explosive plays after the catch. Physicality could be a barrier to a fully complementary skill set, and drops were a significant issue at Pittsburgh. So when we say that he does a lot of his work before he actually gets the football, uh, that's what I guess makes him special in terms of the wide receiver group we're looking at uh, as prospects. The issue is going to be he's not much of a rack player, so run after catch. So look for in, in terms of him being a high volume target. Um, think of more of a slot receiver. That's where he's going to do a lot of his work. Uh, we don't have any athletic testing on him yet, but his ideal role uh, in the NFL will be a primary volume target. So think your Jarvis Landry. Think. Um, Adam Thielen, I suppose, prior to Justin Jefferson getting there. If you, th- yeah, if you think back to um, a few years ago when Kirk first landed with the Vikings, um, his stats for last season were actually down on the year before. So he had 59 receptions, 875 yards, eight touchdowns at 14.8 average. Um, 
the year prior, he had 100 receptions, 1,593 yards, fifth at a 15.9% average, 17 touchdowns, and his longest was 67 yards, uh, longest reception. So um, definitely a down year this year. Um, and it'll be interesting to see where he lands. Uh, a comp for him that was given by Kyle Krabs, great draft analyst, um, encourage you to check out his work. Devonta Smith, which when you think the slight frame, that I, I think I agree with that. Um, and Devonta, Devonta's not really, he's not a burner. He, he has had a fairly high volume year with Hertz. That offense, though, um, has really exploded this year with with the additional weapons and uh, the scheme that's been been devised there. So, look, I like the prospect himself. I think he will be a good complement to a true one receiver. Definitely not a one in any program that I can think of. Um, the scheme fit seems to be more timing based. So, um. A lazy option here for me to go with would be Miami. We don't need a wide receiver, but it's it's these concepts where it's the, the wide receivers needs to get us to a certain spot at a certain time. Think Brady for most of his time in uh, New England or uh, even, even the San Francisco offense to a certain extent for getting the run game, obviously, but the passing attack is very timing-based. Um, there's not a lot off script like to run toward uh, run with what they've planned. Um, so, yeah, so that's Jordan Addison. I would have him personally in terms of a rookie draft, non-super flex. He would be my wide receiver too. I would still probably have Quinton Johnson as number one as I feel he will suit more offenses and will have a better role. Um, but if you are looking sort of you know, second, third round, um, depending on the size of your league, uh, he might be a good option to add if you are in need of a wide receiver. Our third and final prospect for today's episode is Jackson Smith and Jigba, wide receiver, Ohio State. He logs in at 6 feet, 198 pounds. He's a five-star recruit and set the Big Ten receiving record in 2021 with 1,606 yards. Unfortunately, he battled injuries throughout the 2022 season and only logged three games and a total of four passes. So the ability to gauge any type of development or growth is near impossible. Um, he's an outstanding route runner and separator, where his deceptive footwork, body control, ability to read leverage, make slight adjustments, and run to open space made him consistently available for CJ Stroud to work with him in 2021. Now, for those that listen back to the quarterback breakdown that I did earlier. CJ Stroud is my number one quarterback in this class. I just feel his skill set lends it lends himself more to what is popular in the NFL at the moment and what is more successful. Um, while he is an outstanding route runner and separator, he lacks top end speed and he's reliant on technique because he isn't simply going to win a foot race and run away from coverage. So he doesn't have an explosive top gear. He's not going to lift the lid off defenses. He's not going to burn corners from the line. He's going to rely more on play breaking down and more developed routes. And I guess quarterbacks that can extend plays, they're the ones that he'll be successful with. Um, some reasons to buy in and pluses to his game, obviously his route running, his body control, and hand and ball skills. 
Reasons for concern are lack of explosiveness, development needed to win on the outside, and only one season of college production. So when we think of that, or when I think of that, what I would compare him to, or a prospect and player that I would compare him to is Trey Lance. So someone that came from college with very uh, a very small resume, um, and it made it really hard outside of obviously potential to judge what sort of production or forecasting type of production. Um, when we look at his ideal role, he fits as a slot receiver. That's where he played at Ohio State, um, and that's what he'll suit best in the pros. When we think scheme fit, think spread, um, 11 personnel. So for those that don't know, it's one running back, one tight end, three receiver. So you'd need two dominant outside receivers or two outside receivers, and he would play in the slot. Um, and if we want to think of a prospect comparison, Joe Marino from the Draft Network has given him Robert Woods, which I think is a pretty fair um, comparison. Again, I, I sort of lent on this one in the last um, uh, the last prospect update, and that was like again your Jarvis Landry. Um, that that type of receiver. When we look at his stats from, as we can't really use 2022, five receptions, 43 yards, longest was 21 yards, an average of 8.6, no touchdowns. Uh, when we look at 2021, it was 95 receptions, 1,606 yards, at an average of 16.9 and nine touchdowns. So he had a great year last year with Stroud, um, and you'd look forward to seeing how he goes in the pros. For me, he is definitely the third option. And rightly or wrongly, you do have to consider the fact that we don't have 2022 to lean on in terms of to see how he went from 2021 and any development he might have made. Um, Skill set wise, he could lend himself to being a number two receiver. I don't see him as a dominant number one. Um, his contest catchability is definitely there, but um, yeah, I, I would see him more as a complementary piece. Uh, hence the scouting report and the comparison made there. So that wraps us up for this episode. Um, was, wide receivers was fun, but I still I feel like this position group definitely sits a a, a level below the wide receiver. Uh, sorry, the running back group. Uh, we will do a tight end one. There are a couple of interesting prospects in that one. So look for that one uh, coming up in the next sort of week or so. Uh, and then we'll jump into doing some mock drafts. So there's a heap going up now in various places. Obviously, Mel Kuyper's released his, um, and he'll do a few through the offseason, um, along with us, some of the other analysts. Um, as I've said across a couple of the other episodes, we will be using the Draft Network. I just feel like they're combined um all the analysts combined and and where they look specifically at different regions um i feel like we get a better cross-section of uh analysis done there so um thanks again for for listening in look for look out for the tight end episode coming up any questions or any any tips anything like that please reach out across all social media um you can find me on twitter and instagram and links to those are on the aussie nfl fantasies link tree Until next time, thanks.